0: Sam Freeman. Welcome to The Gateway.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming. This is going to be a fun episode in that I do think that uh, I've been in, I've interviewed a lot of people who have talked about uh, music from the '70s and from the '80s, and um, uh, not as much m- music from the past 30 years. So I'm kind of <laughs> glad that we're going to be talking about uh, Green Day, which is which is going to be fun. Um, a couple of things. If anyone's listening to the show for the first time, Gateway Music is a podcast. It's a music appreciation podcast, but it's, you know, to me, it's really about music appreciation itself. It's about passion. It's about falling in love with music, and it's about how music means things to us at important times in our life. And um, uh, it, it doesn't have to be necessarily talking about the music. I talk about technology. I talk about... Um, Uh, Artists uh, talk about uh, ways that people learn the music musical instruments or sometimes we talk about albums Today we're talking about an album uh, and uh, we're going to talk about Dookie. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, but really we're going to be talking about you Uh, To start things off, you know, uh, how do I know you? Um, We have a common buddy uh, Jason Friedman who was a guest on the show whose name is coming up quite a lot these days on the show Oh, really? Yeah. Just last week, uh, I spoke to someone who Jason and I jammed with for many years. So Cool. Yeah. Uh, Jason was a guest on the show maybe in the 20s of the episode, so he talked about the Pixies. And a few, uh, maybe a month ago, you reached out to me. Uh, or, no, we were talking about something else because we'd met through Jason, and I'd mentioned that I had interviewed Jason on my podcast, and you listened to it, and you reached out and you were like, oh, I was, I was moved, which, uh, which I appreciated.
1: I was, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, what What did you? I mean, uh, this is not me saying what did you like about my show, but what was it that What was it that moved you? What Why did you? Why were you, like? What What was the element of it?
1: Well, the authenticity of the conversation. I think the the friendship just kind of vibrated. Yeah, from the conversation, and Jason's a guy I don't know so well, but sort of. Feel I know in a certain way, and yet um, I'd never heard him speak so much about himself. So that was uh, special to hear.
0: Yeah, and he and and uh, you know he he shared a lot, which was very nice. And listening, I hadn't listened to it since that time, you know. And after you sort of commented on it, I was like, I wanted to. I I went to listen to it, and oh yeah, and I really appreciated it. I um, listening to it really made it clear to me how. How comfortable Jason and I were talking, because I've done so many of these, uh, I sort of took for granted on that episode, the intimacy that I think we were able to have because we know each other so well and because we've shared so much together.
1: Um, Yeah, it was, it was apparent. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, So, uh, so we then we sort of were like talking about, did you want to be a a guest? And, and, uh, and I think that, you know, it became a clear that music has meant a lot to you in your life um and uh we were talking about like what would be a good option uh and you chose dookie uh why did you cho- why how did that happen why why dookie
1: yeah there's something about it to me that is so evocative of a certain moment in my life mm-hmm. uh, i think when i was kind of uh, not figuring out who i was going to be i was too young for that but kind of figuring out how People figure out who they are and Mm -hmm. how they define themselves in the world and uh, I just couldn't stop thinking about that album.
0: Yeah It's um, that is something I think that's really powerful about music is that um, It's it's also a really powerful Signifier like you it first it can mean a lot to you and i think that it's i listening to the album in the context of preparing for this i was struck by so hard by the lyrics like and to and how that might be meaningful to a young person but also it can also be um uh, a symbol that we take and we go like this is the kind of person who i am this is my team this is my allegiance so it works both in the trojan horse way of music you know you you listen you like the sound and then suddenly you're dealing with all of the content of it after you've already liked it you know Uh, yeah and but it also works and once you've made your allegiance to it it can be quite strong for your personal identity as like, I'm, you know, I'm going to wear this band's t-shirt. I'm going to, you know, write their logo on my book. You know, these are, these are (laughs) powerful tools. Yeah. Does green day have a good, have a recognizable logo? I actually don't know. I don't think so.
1: There was a sort of, um, type of writing for the first, Couple albums, mm-hmm. I think, including Dookie, that was a sort of graffiti blockish writing. Mm-hmm. And then there's a different script that's popping in my mind. But, I, you know, I'm not like a fan, so I don't really <laughs> know. You're right. But I, there was a moment where yes. I was so into them. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing that interested me about the immediate identification with that album is like how embarrassed i am you know if you were like imagine the moment when you tell the world about an album that defines you it's like i don't want it to be dookie by (laughs) by green day you know
0: so but but you know that that uh that i was gonna sort of get to that that was my next thing I was like Then you went on After you said Oh you know Dookie Because I've been thinking about it a lot I listened to it recently And then But then you were like Shame And you were like I don't know if I really If it's a good enough album And, and that gets back to what I said Like this is not really about the, the album it's really about your relationship to the album and what it meant to you at that time so you know we can we can I think maybe to make it a little safer instead of keep talking about Green Day why don't we actually talk a little bit about you um, how old were you when you got exposed to that album I
1: think I must have been 11 mm-hmm. great like grade six
0: 11. Yeah. So yeah. Grade ten. 94. Right. It was released. Yes. It was released in 94.
1: So yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. I was born in 83. So I'd okay. have been 11.
0: And um, where were you living? Ottawa. Ottawa. Nation's capital. That's right. Yeah. Uh, is that where you had grown up?
1: Mike, uh, up that pretty, pretty much from elementary school. I was born in Montreal and moved to Ottawa when I was six.
0: And who else was who else was living with you in your home?
1: Uh, my two parents and uh, my younger sister.
0: So you're an older sibling. That's right. In, in, the, you know, in, the, in the sort of architecture of Gateway episodes, it's almost always like, what is your relationship to siblings around you or sibling figures around you? Are you the older one? Are you the younger one? Are you the, the person who is sort of paving your own way or are you getting received information from other people? Hmm. Um, so you had a younger sister. Um yes. Were were was music important in your house growing up?
1: Yes and no. Um we listened to music the most the most vivid memories i have of listening to music is in the car. Yeah. Um and some some music i still listen to today is music that we listened to in the car growing up so was this like radio
0: was it cassette tapes what was how tapes tapes yeah so when you sit when you're saying like the you you obviously have something in mind when you're saying music i listen to so what oh, yeah. what is that music the most
1: yeah the most vivid memory would be uh graceland paul simon and the song graceland i think
0: I was just listening to it this week.
1: This is just the best driving song maybe ever to me.
0: Yeah, it has a bit of the road, you know, a bit of the motoric wheel turning. and, And of course, it's about going somewhere. Yeah. It's about
1: travel. I just see the landscape flashing by.
0: This is a... I just had a long listen to this album my daughter was listening to it and was just talking about how incredible it was and how complicated it was Uh, in terms of the politics of it it's really fascinating because he was really going there during apartheid which he was not supposed to be doing to South Africa excuse me and he was certainly shining a light on South African music and South African artists but he was also benefiting very greatly from it by having this almost low you know low access that no one else had and could just funnel it out into the world and Ladysmith black malvaza who one of the the main guy i think just passed away just recently oh really yeah It complicated um as also on this album there's another story so let's listen to this song and then i want to tell you a story about this all right sings so beautifully right eh? his Gosh. voice is so easy always the best
1: I, I can't help but sing along to this track every time yeah. it plays yeah.
0: I, I there's a lot of songs on this album that are just A plus like Call Me Out that, is also just amazing
1: amazing diamonds on the soles of her shoes homeless as if I'd never absolutely the yeah.
0: but there's one song on the album it, you know so these songs are either written mostly by uh, Paul Simon, or Paul Simon with Lady Smith Black Mombazo, a little bit. Uh, but one song is written by Paul Simon, if you look at it now, and Los Lobos, which is All Around the World or The Myth of Fingerprints, mm-hmm. which sounds very different from the rest of the album. It's like Zydeco, you know? Yes. And there's a f- famous internet story about this, which was going around for years. See, so you can hear the classic Zydeco sound right away, right? The instrumentation arrangement. Uh, the guys from Los Lobos, Paul Simon got in contact with the guys from Los Lobos who were, um, I think, a Mexican-American band. They, had, they did Wilbur Wolf Survive and, and La Bamba, which was famous because they, they covered it for the movie. Oh, yeah. And he contacted them somehow, and he went, they went over to jam with him, and they were playing a song that they were working on. And then, like, you know, okay, that was fun. And then they left. And then, like, the, the song was on the album, and it's this song. <laughs> and he didn't credit them initially. No way. No, and they they got litigious, and now they're credited on it as a co-writer. Okay. But uh, when he went, when they went to his representation, and and Paul Simon himself, apparently, he just basically told him, "Get lost, like, fuck off." You know that we were. Yeah. Ten.
1: Something inside me right now is really pushing back against hearing any information that would make me have to distance myself from this album. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, but, it, it's, no, but it's, it's fascinating. Music, music is so.
0: This is such. But that's. Look, I'm not. I'm not. I find this album is one of the greatest albums of the de- that decade for sure. And it's, it's such a complicated album, like, it would be, and that just makes it, for me, richer. I don't think he's like, this isn't like we're talking about someone who's a mass murderer here, he's a songwriter, and how he writes songs, like, I mean, I don't know, you've done, I know you've done writing, like... When you when you're doing something creative, it can often be complicated of like where did it come from and how did it evolve and I put my spin like it's the idea of authorship. Although Paul Simon should know, um, you know, yeah. is 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 a complicated one and 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 uh, and it's it I like I feel like there should be a course about this album. It's because it, because it's such a great album and it's such a complicated album. It, it, mm. I think it's got like a you know it should be a documentary for sure at least.
1: Anime. Maybe sure. that's in the works. There's yeah. so many yes, yes. I'm the music documentaries is. these yeah. days. Yeah, I love documentaries. I love watching them. I love watching them.
0: Um, okay, so sorry. So I, here I am shitting on Paul Simon. In, no, I am no one. I do not intend to. Here, let's go back to the good. <laughs> let's go back to Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes for a second. Just a little palate cleanser. So this was you were listening to in the car. Your parents. This was your parents' cassette, presumably. Yeah. Did did they both have equal claim on the music, or were one, was one of them the
1: music person? I don't know. You know, we were such a family. Uh, my mom listened to classical music, which my dad had no interest in. Mm. Um, I don't know who bought those tapes. Mm. Fine Young Cannibals. They had that for a while. Which we one? The first that. one or the second one?
0: Was it? With, the one, she, one she, drives she drives me crazy. Me crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. I I made up Yiddish lyrics for that one. <laughs> oh,
1: no way. <laughs> yeah,
0: instead of it's ich bin far blunget, which means like, you know, I I'm I'm, I'm 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 crazy or I'm all mixed up. Ich bin far blunget. Oi, vei, you know, like it's, it's anyway. <laughs> uh yeah so it's those great. are good ones so so your parents were listening to good music pop good pop good popular music from the mid 80s and you were getting exposed to that
1: yeah but we had like maybe a dozen tapes you know they didn't they weren't these people who had like 200 right. records in the living room yeah yeah, yeah i get kind it kind of thing i
0: get it. it was you listened to the music in the car that's where you listen to music
1: that's right yeah
0: nice so uh so you had that as your background did you have any did anyone play musical instruments
1: I took uh, my sister and I both took piano, Mm -hmm. um, like a Royal Conservatory of Music kind of style piano. So very, uh, you know, like um, uh, how would I say, like a scholastic approach to piano.
0: You were you well, you were following the Royal College, which is like a very, uh, very sort of prescriptive way of learning how to read. how to to interpret her and like like you know like just there's like it's all of the tools but you're not really learning how to kind of uh uh improvise or jam you're you're learning how to deal with texts
1: yeah Yeah. do scales do uh chords and then learn some pieces so you can do an in-person exam and pass
0: would you know do you remember which level you got to
1: I completed uh grade 2. Then I quit that. Yes. When when we moved away, I continued piano, but but uh I didn't do uh, Royal Royal Conservatory anymore. So you moved away. That's right. Where did you move away to? Berlin, Germany.
0: Wow. How How, how did that happen?
1: Uh my dad was a reporter a uh, print journalist for mm-hmm. much of his career and he was working for uh, the Globe and Mail, which is Sunday daily newspaper in Canada, as you know. Yes, I do. And he was uh, he was asked to open their bureau in Berlin in right. 1996. Right. So this is a
0: bit of a con- 96. So this is a bit of a context situation. Because, like, you know, it's important to, to put on our history caps. Uh, Berlin is a very different city now than it was in the early 1990s. Um, the fall of the Berlin Wall uh, was pretty significant in terms of the opening up of, of Eastern Europe and, and, uh, and East, East Germany. Um, and that happened in 1989. In, in 1989. So we're talking about six five six years in mm-hmm okay so we're we're not that's actually not the subject of what we're talking about, although I'm very <laughs> curious to ask you what that was like but but let's 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 get back let's rewind a couple of years it's nineteen ninety four you're in ottawa yeah, and um you're you've at this point you're playing piano early sort of royal what's it called royal
1: Conservatory, Conservatory. Royal
0: Conservatory of Music. Yeah, I think I I said Royal College before. Um, Royal Conservatory. Yeah. So, uh, so you're doing that, um, and uh, how is it? How does Dookie play into all of this? Because that did your parents buy that on cassette? Is that what happened?
1: Absolutely not. No, I'm sure not. That was that was school. That was peers. I was at a new school in in the sixth grade. And that's when I really feel like, yeah, my adolescence began in Ottawa, at least at the time, like um, skater culture was very big. Mm -hmm. And I remember like coming to school in grade six and everyone looked different and the pants were baggy and everyone had a chain, a wallet with a chain. I was like hyper conscious of all these elements that Mm -hmm. I definitely did not have cultural signifiers and, um, that you absolutely yeah. airwalk walk shoes why you were you starting to school
0: in grade six that's not a typical
1: move no my my uh my parents switched me out of public school into a private school okay. just happened to be at that time okay so yeah you were,
0: so you were going to a private school where everyone was was were, sk- were skater kids and had the the, the the chain and the well, chain connected to their wallet
1: and skater pants and skater shoes maybe i do you, you say chain like that was an obsession of mine right first of all where did they get that chain i'd never been to a store with they and everybody had the same one i was like couldn't figure it out and, and you know
0: you, you did not want to blow it by asking where they got the chains
1: no but also i couldn't wear it with the jeans that i had it would look ridiculous.
0: So it's all on account of a doorknob. You know that story?
1: I, on account of the a doorknob.
0: You don't know that. No. So that one's a, that one's a classic. Where like this family, um, the the doorknob is you know, uh, sort of looking shabby in the 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 matron of the house goes i'm gonna we should change that doorknob it's looking shabby and then she changes the doorknob and then the door looks silly because the doorknob is so nice and the door looks shabby (laughs) change the door and then of course they change the whole house and they have all these workers coming in and coming out and then of course the the or doormat maybe it starts with a doormat actually and then of course and at the end the doormat is all worn out because all the workers have been coming in and out and you have to change the doormat because it's (laughs) it's you know, so it was. If you chain, if you get the chain, you have to get the new pants. If you have the new pants, you have to right. Did you explain yeah. this to your parents, or this was a this was a your own burden that you didn't share?
1: I must have been lobbying for certain things, mm-hmm. uh, like certain items, but I was never um, really able to get like a a wholesale style change paid for you know what i mean so the
0: limitation was you think was your parents it wasn't you like if you could if you could get all of it you would have gotten all of it
1: i think probably at that time yeah i do remember wanting it quite quite badly yeah
0: what about skateboarding itself was that something that was appealing or no it was the it was the look
1: no i would have that was well you needed that the 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 the, the cruel thing of it all is that if you had all the clothes but you couldn't skateboard that just made you a a poser right so you can't be that's the worst thing to be that's actually the danger is to fall into poser territory as well so So yeah i needed a skateboard but i could not stand on a skateboard for my life
0: you had tried
1: like on a friends, right? It's very wobbly right, right, right. <laughs> more wobbly than it looked So you
0: were so this was it ter- sounds terrible It sounds like you came to this new school and you you did not have the the requisite tools to succeed socially
1: It No, it was another uh, on another tier because I had actually had a, I love that school and I I, I, um, uh, I was really happy there and I had a lot of friends, but that was kind of like the next level and a couple of my friends were were pushing that. Um, I think it's from them that I that I first heard uh Dookie. Right do you, And they probably had it on CD at that point.
0: Do you remember where you might have heard it? Like do you actually remember hearing it the first time or no? Like what's the first time you can remember Dookie?
1: I have a memory of it, and it's at that school, which is the the French lycée in Ottawa, mm-hmm. Lycée Claudel. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a uh, kind of brutalist building and there's a big concrete platform between the two little wings of it mm-hmm. that i think was called the esplanade and you would hang out there when you arrived in the morning mm-hmm. and i think i remember listening to it on on uh, on my friend's walkman do you have an or idea Discman.
0: Yeah, Discman or disc man yeah disc man or you know, do you have an idea of what like, do you remember which song, if there was a song that particularly interested you or, it, or the, cause it's hard. We're asking you to remember stuff from being 11 and it's an album that <laughs> been very important to you. So no, initial, for sh- sorry. The initial thing may not, may not have be there anymore, but do you have a sense of initial? Yeah. Moments? The
1: first track is the one that was, um, I always forget its title. Burnout? I was. The first track? The, the, f- the big, the first big hit, not when I come around. Basket which Yes, basket case. Uh,
0: that's my favorite. That's a good one. Can we listen to that for a minute?
1: Yeah, let's. Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once?
0: I like that, the harmony, though. All,
1: all I want. fools neurotic to the bone, no about it.
0: So we hear the lyrics. This is almost like feces, you know? I don't like myself
1: Yeah, it's like cliche after cliche
0: The cliche, I mean, cliche is a funny word Because it's so damning But it's only cliche because it's true
1: (laughs) I don't think I knew what stoned was then either And that was like a bit mysterious to me that Yeah
0: I'm going to stop this for a second I Think that's an important thing. I've I've come to a certain conclusion certain th- certain th- uh, theories I shouldn't say conclusions. I have certain theories about Listening to music when you're young and that is all of the things that you don't understand are irrelevant <laughs> They it's they don't they're not problems. They're not problems that you have to solve even No kid is going like but what does stoned mean? like if, if it doesn't if, it, if you're not developmentally prepared yet to wrangle with the thing, it will just fly by effortlessly. It's not a problem for you that you don't understand it when you're that young because you're used to not understanding so many things. Like as an adult, if I'm listening to a song and then he says something like, and then I coexicoaddle, I'm like, what did he just say? Because I know 99% of the things that get said in songs, I think I know what they mean. Right, But when you're little, there's so much of the world that you don't understand, so it's actually, I think, kind of a weird thing where it's what you grab that's important what 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 makes sense in the song is what has value. What doesn't make sense is not a negative. It just doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, I guess the 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 thought I'm having, though, I, I think I agree, but there was mystery. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part of the unknown that was not going over my head right. that there was a hinting at this other world this other life of people who were older than me and and at a time when i felt close to being older mm-hmm. which is absurd because i was just like 11 you know we, we both know what an 11 year old husky boy looks like yes. you know I, mean, well, I guess we both were 11 year old husky boys <laughs> well so. i don't know yeah, yeah. If you, there, there's a great jonathan goldstein has a great comment about in one of his podcasts about like looking at seeing a picture of himself the year of his bar mitzvah mm-hmm. and just like finding it absolutely absurd that he thought at that point he could at that time he thought he could seduce adult women yes
0: well, that is absurd because I'd certainly never thought that at that age. You know, Jonathan's crazy, so.
1: Um, <laughs> I identified with that. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty
0: good. Uh, um, I I, I think, though, that, you, like you said, I think what it... Huh, I have a bunch of routines, like, that I, you know, I liked because I, I've worked with... Um, I, I worked in obstetrics for many, many years, helping women have their babies and, um, would follow those babies through time. So I already had a relationship with them, with the family and the mom. And I, I would always sort of love it at around three months, four months of age, when like babies start becoming very busy and distracted as they're breastfeeding. And I would explain to I always love I still love it explaining to the parents that it's because the child is suddenly realizing that you're not them and that all the things in the world around them aren't them and that they can see far enough to to see all of this it's all happening at the same time and I think it's a similar thing that one like what is what you're basically describing is you realizing that there is another kind of world coming it's starting to seep. It's starting to seep in on your hermetically sealed childhood life that there's like there are other people, there's other ages, there's other feelings, and it's not all nice. And that that's not actually a bad thing. Like it it probably wasn't totally negative. It wasn't like you were listening to it and you're going like oh he doesn't like himself. I don't I don't want to be near him. Like it, there was something appealing about that because it somehow seemed mature. It was some otherly or different from you. And no, am I just guess, I'm just guessing, but like,
1: yeah, no, there was a knowingness to that yeah. quality of like, I'm such a piece of garbage. Yeah. Like that was interesting, but you know, I, I think the reason that that period of, you know, early adolescence and it, it continued on, but that kind of outsider looking in, yeah, I, I felt that way a lot as a, quite a young kid. That I, there was always like another place I wanted to be admitted yeah. to. I wanted to be let in. And it really tapped into that for me, I think, being that age.
0: Well, also, I mean, you've already given, I mean, again, I don't, I don't know so much about your childhood. I mean, I know pretty much nothing except what you've just told me. But <laughs> you've just told me already a number of things. You were starting in a new school. So you were, you were, being, you were put into an outsider place you were recognizing that you didn't have the right tools you didn't have the right look you were you didn't know people like like it was that, that's a lot of, of of outsiderness right away you also intimated that you wore husky sized clothing and um that also it does put you in a little bit into especially like you know Maybe depending on where you're living, there might be a lot of husky sized kids and what decades you're living in. But I imagine that you probably felt aware that you were a little bit different that way too, or not the way that you were supposed to quote be, you know, like, so there's a lot here in that year that we're sort of loading on to you to be aware of being other or being, and maybe having some negative sort of outsidery feelings. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I know like uh I I think ev- and and that's just on top of the fact that I think it's kind of normal developmentally to start differentiating yourself at that age and and so that those come with those feelings. And and those feelings are all over this album, right? I mean like I mean like from the first song burnout What, did, have, did, you, how, did you have you listened to this album a million times?
1: Probably, but I hadn't listened to it in maybe twenty years until uh, two weeks ago. Oh, okay. What? Hold on a second. What happened two weeks ago? Uh, we I are are talking about it, and then I listened to it from beginning to end, and um, yeah, it was it was crazy. I I had so much fun listening to it. Actually, what? What, I am always get
0: stuck in the details, but I want to get to the feeling, but so you, did you still own it? No, I'm sure not. Right. I mean, you wouldn't own it. I never owned
1: it. I owned it on a recorded, I had a cassette, like a recording of a CD of it that I got actually only a couple of years later. And that's when I really bonded with it was, was two years later. So that takes us to Berlin.
0: Using yeah, that's my right. 96. Right? 90 that's right.
1: Yeah, 96.
0: 96. Okay. Uh, so you had a cassette of it in Berlin and you really bonded with it. So uh, between 94 and 96 it was was it super meaningful to you or is it 96 that it become super meaningful?
1: No, I think 90 I think they were like the coolest in my mind like the coolest band. Ninety four to ninety six. Were there other bands
0: at that? Like, were you? Yeah, open I to had them?
1: um, I got a seat, My first CD player mm-hmm. in, I think, in ninety four, and I had like, I I bought a few CDs. It was a very big deal. I think they were like maybe you know. 1699 back then at hmv yeah. or like in the, the good ones maybe 20 bucks
0: in that you know in the The cds would come so the cd people know what cd cases are because like well except maybe really young people Because like it's like the same thing as dvds. They have these little boxes But when you would buy them in 1994, I don't know if you remember this. I just thought of it I hadn't thought of it in the longest time and I don't know what made me think of it it would in the store it was You didn't buy a square. It was a rectangle. The box was a long rectangle. And then the top of the rectangle was the case. Yeah.
1: And I, it, it was an anti-theft. Maybe. They, they would pop it off at the cash. Okay. In my, and then you'd get your CD. So there you go. You're, that's
0: actually much, makes much more sense. I had a, when I just remembered it, I had a theory that it was also because... They wanted to make it as tall as the album, so you could use the same rack. That's my guess. Oh, interesting. You know, like, but but yours makes so much more sense. I forgot I thought about so that. So you
1: couldn't pop it in your pocket. Yes, so I think easily. I'm sure
0: that is actually what it was. My just because I was just that was an idea that I had, and I was thought I was so bright.
1: Um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, so you bought a few. Do you remember what those CDs were? The first one I got was uh, I actually still listen to as well. It was, was uh, Counting Crows, August, and everything after okay that might have been 95 actually though i might be wrong in my years
0: it's mr jones right yeah my son's band plays a cover of this like it's the kids still know it
1: this is a karaoke favorite of mine
0: there's something very compelling about this
1: the lyrics it's like you know i'm There's this narrative lyric effect, I think, that's actually not dissimilar to Graceland in some of the songs. It's it's a story, you know? He also has a very um,
0: attractive voice. Very American. Nice guitar sound, too nice yeah so that's spanish dancing Mm
1: -hmm. yeah there are a lot of very good songs on this album this my parents approved of
0: So you listened to to that album? You listened to Dookie. Were they equivalent in your mind? Do you, I know this is hard game to play because you were really little. But do you have a sense that
1: like it was just? No, I think I was actually a bit embarrassed by having this. This I like missed the boat, or I miss it was. I it was a huge hit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like dating Jennifer Aniston when Friends was a huge first hit. Like wow. he was as famous as they get for a second Mm -hmm. Adam Duritz Mm -hmm. but somehow in my when I I don't know I don't I can't pinpoint the timing but I it wouldn't have been something I would have been particularly open about listening to and in fact I buried that I never listened to that CD and I re-listened to it in university on a kind of nostalgia kick but that's when I really got to like it right a lot
0: because 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 he, he this was like um this was is a lot less dif- definitive like like his 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 point of view in these songs is is su- more subtle anyway than like i'm bored i'm just a loser uh growing up is hard you know
1: yeah uh, girl well also like the all the misogyny you know girls who hate me suck. Yes. Um, I don't care about you Did, cause you don't care about me.
0: But there for sure. One thing that I was struck listening to the lyrics and reading the lyrics, I shouldn't say listening cause I was reading the lyrics was like, there's also quite a bit of androgyny stuff going on in this album, which I was quite surprised about. Really? Yeah. It, well, you, you know, the, the, the basket case, right? Um, I think it's basket case Let me get to the lyrics Because I'm not going to be able to I don't know the song well enough But So in basket case uh, He says um, I went to a shrink To analyze my dreams She says it's lack of sex That's bringing me down Okay he's putting pronouns here She says I went to a whore He said my life is a bore And quit my whining Because it's bringing her down Hmm. And there was another, there was another line later on, which was also seemed to be about identity and gender. And it was,
1: um, you're reminding me, I think there's a track, there's a, yeah, a track off of, um, the fall, not the, maybe the follow-up to Dookie Insomniac. Yeah. Which I remember now that I owned, um, that I had completely blanked out. Of my memory, but but I, there's something about like wearing, wearing dressing up in mom's clothes or something. I think yeah. Anyway, it made me think about well, it made me think about some and
0: you know something that I've been embarrassed about for decades. When in nineteen, it must have been ninety four, could have been ninety five, maybe. Um, I was um, starting my relationship with the person who is now my wife, Catherine. And her roommate, um, I went over to his place to their place, and I was hanging out there because that's what you did when you were a college student and you were, you know, hanging out. Um, and he had a poster of uh, Billy Billy Joe, with, uh, what's the, the lead singer's name? Billy Joe Armstrong. Yeah, Billy Joe yeah. Armstrong on on um, on his wall, and I was like. It was this incredibly embarrassing situation because I was like why do you have a picture of Billy Joe Armstrong on your wall and he was gay I already knew he was gay like it wasn't I I knew my roommate I knew her roommate was gay but like right off it put me in a very bad situation because I Everyone assumed when I said it that I was like Why are you a fag which is not like I was not it was not a hostile thing It was like why that guy it was like I didn't find that guy appealing Right. You know, like, he's not cool. Why are you having the not cool person on your wall? Um, And by the way, when I used that, when I said that word, I meant it as a hostile thing. Like, I like I wasn't, tr- I wasn't calling him a bad thing. I was more saying, I, I want, and ironically, in my stupid mind, I, in fact, was, because I was still dismissing the thing that he was interested in. Like, right. like who cares? Like, there was no good. I, I wasn't like in my mind i was like that's unjust i got labeled uh you know sort of as being homophobic when i'm not homophobic he just choosing something uncool and i'm like so why does that like that's not much better you're still being a jerk you know howie
1: but that stuff matters man at that time
0: but especially if if maybe he heard some of those lyrics in the song too and that may even have been more meaningful because here was a guy who was kind of like not super sort of classically um, representing as gay or, or binary or so, something like, you know, like, and, and that must, might have been very appealing as as a role, like as as something that he could even aspire to. And here I was just shitting on this guy. I I feel yeah. badly about it. I feel badly about that. I couldn't even in the moment accept that I had done something jerky, you know, like it took me years to get that memory bank kept banging in my head. And it was like, something was wrong. Something was wrong, but I couldn't accept what it was that like, there was no way that I did a cool thing there. Like it was not acceptable at any level. Right.
1: Yeah. You're like, yeah. Trying to rationalize yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Anyway, yeah. in, in the end, uh, I hope that Mark, I hope Mark in the end didn't, wasn't upset with me all the time. I I, I did invention. Are you still in touch? No, no. Okay. No,
1: no. We've all done, we've all done equally, if not worse things.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. I've done much worse things, but that, that one was one that was, it, when you mentioned Green Day, like that's my Green Day memory is mm-hmm. that, that moment. Uh, anyway. And it was interesting seeing those lyrics. I was like, "Oh, it put everything into a different context." Seeing that one pronoun switch, you know,
1: that's that's astute. I you wouldn't you wouldn't pick it up from listening to him though, because he had that maybe affectation in his singing. This sort of um... oh yeah, his voice he. he he was the template for
0: years and years to come of that sort of like California punk pop sort of uh wine whiner voice.
1: But the sort of slurring, isn't that? don't you think he picked that up from like um Sex Pistols or like rancid or bands from before that kind of punk yeah. slurring, well, like yeah, nut. well, I mean,
0: rancid and so like there's all that that's a cool thing like the you know this like how do you how do you play the game of connect the dots they obviously Green Day I think is very influenced by by Sex Pistols and by the Ramones and yeah um but like you know they came up at that same time as Rancid and Offspring and um Sublime and you know all those guys with all those bands were in California at the same time and that was definitely a scene for sure. I don't know yeah. who came first, but it was that was that California
1: whiny. I thought Rancid was before, but maybe I was just no. I'm just mistaken. Well, Time Bomb, which is my favorite great Rancid song.
0: Rancid song. I can check to see what you're doing. If you wanna make a moment,
1: then you better come in. It's just ability, that reason that we're so fit. And dying and 95. And
0: this is clearer because this is like 97% Clash. Like, he's always like Clash with a little bit more scoff. Yeah. Such a good song.
1: That I learned about them later, and I think in my mind they had a more authentic raw sound and that's why i backdated them they're less yeah i mean
0: there is like i'm not a scholar of this music but i think this is this is uh as good as it got i also liked uh, the uh sublime song the big sublime song Uh, what i got oh that one's good too i was gonna play but yeah but here i'll play Centuria.
1: upsets me now okay yes yes um,
0: uh, yeah it's the, yeah well I mean it's upsetting and just his story that story is upsetting this guy's that guy's story is upsetting because I don't know that, I'm not an expert about his stuff but like uh, I don't think he died in a good situation
1: he's a heroin addict yeah. I think he overdosed yeah. The, this band fully obsessed me really? for many years. Oh, yeah.
0: So, when was that? What are we putting together? Then, it?
1: this is like l- later, like we're in 96, 97, 98. This is in Berlin. I had like a musical rabbi, a friend who oh, intru- wait, 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 introduced me on. to so much stuff. A musical rabbi? Metaphorically, a rabbi. Okay. You know, like a, a, a mentor, yes, someone who. A guide, a, sp- a musical you, guide, a shaman. Yeah a rabbi that's right yeah. An archbishop
0: <laughs> what what uh so who is this musical rabbi
1: he was um he was a guy who went to my school in berlin who was actually the yes who was the the son actually of, of a very famous classical musician and um was um had spent some time in in chicago so he like was kind of presenting as like north american and um liked to speak english and was like spoke perfect english like an like an american and we connected over that and then he was just like super into ska punk and also in parallel super into hip-hop and he remains he's a hip-hop artist professionally to this day
0: so he went into the family business
1: Right. Yeah. Except his dad was a piano virtuoso, yeah. starting at the age of six, kind of thing. Right.
0: Yeah. So you can't you can't compete with that. So find another find another version. Um, yeah. Exactly. Way, that's not me. I'm not dismissing his choices. I, I I'm jealous of
1: anyone who's a professional musician. So uh, that was the dynamic. Yeah. Okay. For, <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> uh, so so this guy and so does that mean if he was into he was into Uh, And he was into hip hop. So you were into ska and you were into hip hop. Is that right?
1: He, yeah, well he, I was already kind of a little bit into mainly I knew green day, I think at the time. Mm -hmm. And then he just introduced me to this whole range of, of bands, you know, sublime, rancid operation Ivy, uh, like more horn centric ska stuff bands like real big fish yeah um it was a whole thing did
0: you try to play were you playing music like did did would because it sounds like these are these are all bands that would make me think like you know they're they're like gangs they're gang bands where like it's like hmm. I, you know like let's just have another person like did you ever try to be part of that sound
1: so he, um, this, this guy, this friend, mm-hmm. um, I think I can use his, his first name. Um, Dave, he was, he was a guitarist mm-hmm. and he was very natural. Like he was naturally talented mm-hmm. and he, we would hang out. We we were each other's only friend basically. And we would hang out, we would stay at his house he had this big house with tons of food and a huge room and like hundreds of CDs. His CD budget was like, right. And he started, he was like, we should write, he's like, we should write songs. Hmm. And, um, and so I couldn't really play an instrument that could contribute to that genre of music. Um, and my piano, as we know, was not, you know, right adapted. So he wrote songs and I started writing lyrics. Okay. And then we, and when we met another guy at our school, another Japanese American guy who played, played bass, I think. And then we were like a skeleton of a band. Wow.
0: So, yeah. So obviously the most important question,
1: what was the band's name? (laughs) Decay. Decay. Rancid and decay. Yeah. But there's like a musical pun, right? Isn't decay and effect on that? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, So there you go. I don't think I came up with that.
0: So you guys were decay and was it spelled authentically D E C A Y or was it like something else? Authentically. Okay. No, no. Okay. So you were decay um, and you were writing songs, you were writing lyrics. Do you, um, do you have those lyrics still? Like do you, is there, is there any, do you have any documents?
1: No, I remember some of them. Mm hmm. Would you, they pop into my head.
0: Would you be so so bold as to share some? Of, it doesn't have to be. You know, we know that you were you were thirteen, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not expecting it to be good. It was more just like what, what? what even in fact, the what you remember is probably significant just because you remember it.
1: Yeah, they were pastiches. I think in the end they were like my. Um, you know, we take take a certain band or a certain song and be like, let me try to write something like that. So, um, I think I wrote a song called uncle John mm-hmm. that starts. My uncle John lives in a trailer down by the,
0: it has to be the river.
1: No, down by the road <laughs> okay. where the air is grayer, I think. Mm. And then, uh, river it goes grayer. on. That's it good. was just like, it's like, uh, it's like, yeah. yeah. Playing dress up yeah. or something. Trying it on. It's you're, ridiculous.
0: I mean, you, to you can't, people don't just have their voice. People find their voice. You have to try out different voices to find out what your voice is. You can't, it's, it, that's one of the, 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 you know, repeating something as a, as an artist, I'm speaking as an artist. Like I, I have played around with art and for long enough to know that the most important thing to do, like when you're doing, I've done a lot of improv in, in the last, seven years of my life and like one of the things that you do when you're warming up is you just want to do a like a bunch of scenes just to get just to get the bad ones out just to sort of like try all the stupid ideas that you've had like since the last time you did improv like just like get them out because they're they're not going to be good you know until eventually you find what's actually real what's actually real between the you on stage and in the moment and how you're actually truly feeling and then that can be expressed and then you actually might have a chance at having a real scene You know, like you have to just go through it. So it makes sense. Like all um, all, Whatever 98% of the great songwriters wrote a lot
1: of bad songs before they wrote any good songs Sure, I don't know
0: why I'm lecturing you. I'm so
1: sorry. No, you're not you're You're, trying to reassure me. Yeah, which I appreciate but um, I don't think I was ever destined to be a great songwriter and death and we did not try and throw away the bad ones We kept everything. Yeah, and we made albums and uh, there was art and everything. So it was very when elaborate. you say you made
0: albums, do you mean cassette
1: recordings? Yeah, well, because his parents were musicians, I think we recorded on um, mini discs, yeah. like digital sure. recordings yes. with a, sure what his parents would use when they uh, practiced at home to listen back to their practicing, I guess. But so you would we just had have
0: that one mic in the room, and it would just capture the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just. I don't know. You know. Once you're dealing with someone whose parents have real technology, you could have all sorts of things. Uh, who the hell knows?
1: Yeah. It was one mic, and there was a room in the basement. Eventually, we f- even found a guy who had a who who drummed. Right. He was quite bad, but he he could sort of, you know, do it. So wait,
0: you wrote the songs and you were singing, so you were the front man. I was. Okay. Did you ever perform in front of an audience?
1: No, I think we wanted to, but it never quite worked out. We performed for like three girls once. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that's amazing. So you have multiple albums of material, including Uncle John.
1: I think there were two, yeah.
0: Did they have titles, the albums? Like were you, did you make cover art and that kind of stuff? Yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: And that yeah. doesn't exist anymore?
1: I found, because um, I just moved into a new house, and I found a, a scrap of a t-shirt, actually, that, that we made for the album that had the same art. I, I actually think the tapes are somewhere. I never threw them out. They must be at my parents' house or something. Which is crazy.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you would have a. I'm sure it would be a a a, 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 a rich ride through <laughs> to listen to it. You know, to Absolutely. hear yourself because it's pretty cool that it's you. Like you know, like I always find yeah. it able to find like real artifacts from my childhood where I can hear either hear or see myself because it's it's amazing how anyway I can alter i mean look at this this show is me telling stories from when i was young and other people like I mean, we can really alter yeah. how we remember ourselves based on what's important to us now and it's always sort of incredible to see to get the real stuff you know it's like it one for minute sure. of it gives c- open up so many pathways that have been shut down for a while
1: yeah and there's no iPhoto archive of our childhoods the no. way you know my daughter's every day is yeah documented and recorded. Yes. I there's maybe two pieces of video from my like first 25 years kicking around. Yeah. So so what happened so, to the band? I moved. We le- I left uh Berlin. I think also I I think you know we were continuing until the end, but I also got a girlfriend right at the end and I think that caused some some tension.
0: It always does. Yeah. Who do you love more? But
1: yeah, I, I left Berlin. Yeah. two years later okay. and you came back to ottawa nope i moved to london
0: okay and mm-hmm. did you continue to sort of listen to music listen to that kind of music try to record music what what ended up happening to music when you came into london
1: so i i had a i was very upset about that move yes um it was premature like we were supposed to be staying longer in berlin and i was really i mean i was in a band and i had a girlfriend it was like i was finally there were you still husky i think i still felt like it but i've seen pictures and actually really wasn't so
0: there you go the things were things were things were looking up
1: i mean it was it was a it was a high point for Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. and then i had to leave so um a couple of things happened with music then which is that I got to know... I I would go back to Canada to summer camp every summer, and um, a guy I had met briefly the previous summer was there the whole summer along with me that summer, and he had a crazy selection of CDs, like the likes of which I'd never seen a kid contemporary have, Uh, like a truly eclectic, you know, one of those leather... Binders, sure. Case Logic binders. Yeah, for sure. I remember them. Um, with like Pink Floyd, but also like Glenn Miller, big band stuff and Mozart. And uh, Wow. So he introduced me to cool stuff. His name is Ezra. He's still my, my best friend. Today we talk every day. So I, I learned to, to listen to a lot of different music through him. And being in London that year, I refused to... I'm, integrate i just decided i wouldn't you spoke only german acknowledge that's right (laughs) Uh, i tried like i really didn't try to make friends i just and so i did all kinds of stuff on my own i listened back to a lot of music that i had that i hadn't appreciated a record like the bends by radiohead Mm -hmm. that i bought with one of my um Bar Mitzvah HMV gift certificates mm-hmm. two years previous, but never really listened to all that much. Mm-hmm. I started to listen to like all the time,
0: right? Yeah, uh, yeah. this was the, this was a this was a good one.
1: So good. Th- this is one of those for me. It's beginning to end. There's no there's no weak track for me on this album
0: so unlike dookie this is an album only a few years later that has is a perennial for you definitely did you go on to listen to radiohead's like later albums
1: or like yeah i I had okay computer then by then i think and i didn't really get it for a while.
0: Yeah, i can I, mean, I can imagine like it's so funny how part of another thing about this show is that you fall in love with an album and a, therefore a band or an artist and they're they're mutable they're changing they're artists and they should change and they should reflect their lives and different parts of their lives and different technologies and, but you love one specific thing; it means something to you. Like you liked this album, not another album, because of something. And so the next album, almost, it's. I'm always amazed by people who are super fans, and they just love every album. Like I love you too, and every album comes out, they love it because it's you too. And I'm like, uh, that, that never happens to me. When I love an album, like the album that I've come to love, like the next album, and I'm waiting in anticipation for the next album, I'm almost, almost always disappointed because. I just mm. want a, a mainline fix of whatever that thing that was emotionally hitting me is. You know? And they're not totally. it's not going to be the same because they're not me. Like, you know, I just need them to stay exactly the same and it doesn't make any yeah. sense.
1: <laughs> and this was a big change. The bands to OK Computer was like, Big whoa. change. Big change.
0: But they just kept changing. I mean, that's one of the things right. that is so wonderful about that band
1: is... yeah.
0: Although I had to stop listening to radio. I had had a zero Radiohead policy for a number of years. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I just found it too depressing. And I I Mm. didn't know why I was doing it to myself. I already had Pink Floyd. Why did I need another tool (laughs) to just wallow in my depression? It didn't make any sense.
1: It's a very appealing state, though, Yeah. um, depending on where you're at in life.
0: Have you seen... Uh, there's a show called Big Mouth on Netflix now. It's an animated show. Have you seen any Only of it? Only a
1: few episodes, but yes.
0: It's a animated show that is made by adults. It's a comedy. It's filthy, but the it has a its mandate is to be a real show that kids who are going through adolescence, either pre-adolescence into adolescence, um, can actually watch and identify with and learn from and and that it's not negative that it, t- it touches on the negative feelings and experiences, but it's, it's not a negative show. And one, they have these like uh, manifestations of different kind of like emotional states and, or sort of uh, stages. So like, there's like the hormone monster who like always wants yeah. to j- jerk off all the time, you know, and he's hilarious. And this, one of the characters has the depression kitty. And the, dep- the kid, the, k- the kitten just is big and it just kind of sits on her and it just sort of like talks to her in negative self-talk, but it's very, it's not a bad place. It's like, it's very easy to just stay underneath that kitty. You know, and I was like, <laughs> that's brilliant. That is a brilliant representation of depression because, because oftentimes depression is like this terrible thing, but oftentimes the depression is, is, the problem of the depression is that it, it makes you want to be depressed, you know Like the 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 line of like the, the the real trick of the devil is to make you think you're living in hell like, you know, like you're is like it, it, it just fucks with you where when you're depressed in that you the thing that is keeping you depressed is a thing that you think is helping you You know, it's like oh i'm gonna just stay in bed today because it's gonna feel so good, you know And it's like right. no, that's the actual thing that's making it worse right you know
1: yeah yeah but i i yeah uh, mu- music facilitated that i don't know that I, if it was actual depression but that kind of melancholy yeah it's um
0: it's incredible to yeah. just have a tool where you can just tap into that like i it, it 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 names it for you even you don't even have a name for it you don't you don't heard for it you just know that and that's what you want you know, it just happened to me today, actually, and it was with Pink Floyd. Ironically, I, oh, yeah. I was listening to a song called "Stay" off of an album called *Obscured by Clouds*, and I love it. I've I've played it before on the show. Can I play it for you for a minute? Please. It's just the right amount of sort of like. World weariness for me. Like, it's well earned. It doesn't feel like it's not like Billy Joe telling you, I'm no good and I hate myself, and you know. In fact, it's not negative, but it just makes me want to drop all everything and just be in this place. And it, it's like it's actually relational. Like it's not the person is not alone. It's not he's not saying, uh, stay because I'm in trouble. It's actually stay. Let's have a bottle of wine. Like there's nothing actually negative about it, but it just makes me feel so satisfyingly down. <laughs>
1: it's a minor it's though, key, obviously. But. That 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 sad but like kind of in the love yes. vibe. Yes. Um, which. Oh man. I'm thinking about do you, did you ever, did you listen or do you listen to bunny bear? Yes, sure. Skinny love. Exactly. Skinny love is that feeling for me. Yeah. Let's do it. It's like, I want to cry, but it's delicious.
0: And I love the sound of the guitar also, it has that tinny guitar sound, Uh. so nice. This one makes my Catherine cry all the time. It is, it is similar actually It's hilarious we're, This is what we're talking about on the Green Day Discussion It's like, it's like the,
1: it's the opposite
0: oh, Wait a minute, that's not true What did you think can I, can, I, can I just ask you another question about Green Day?
1: Of course
0: What did you think about the last song on the album? Refresh my memory All By Myself is this? I mean, was this on the album, or was it? Is it added
1: after? Oh, I
0: was all by myself.
1: Yeah, I thought about this song when I re-listened a couple no weeks one ago. No was looking. I was thinking of you. Oh yeah, did I mention? I was all by myself.
0: All by myself. to your house but
1: no one was there I went in your room I was all by myself
0: I was so pleased to hear this <laughs> like I had never heard it before and this is how they ended the album and I was like this is clearly not Billy Joe singing and I um, think it's such a Trey
1: nice, yeah the bassist, yeah. Sorry I cut you off.
0: No, no, it's okay. So so, would you listen to this song when you listen to the album?
1: I think I thought it was funny because it's, um, if I recall, it's like it starts out kind of emo, I'm all by myself. Mm-hmm. But then he's like a stalker. He ends up going to her room and you don't know what happens. And it's that kind of like, there's a bit of a juvenile like meanness to it almost or like creepiness. But when I re-listened to it, my first thought was that this was like a a troll of like another genre of music at the time that it's not in, I mean, it's obviously a joke. They're messing around, but that they were actually kind of making fun of like singer songwriter style music.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't. I don't have insight into it at all. Which
1: fits my read of like yet again. It's like a cool kid, right? Like ripping on the earnest, you know, sensitive right. ones. Although Green Day is so emo and sensitive and yeah. earnest all the way through. Yes. Um, I don't know
0: well i mean there it's there's something about you can only no but you 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 have to beat yourself up about well i I mean i yeah i don't know i don't know i i I appreciated it at the end of this album and i was like huh because i didn't i didn't i wasn't young you and i wasn't young when i heard it and i was just Mm -hmm. like like that's good they're kind of um you know, deconstructing it a little bit and representing it for what it really is, which is like just a little boy, you know, calling like calling himself out as a little boy, you know, and, and needy. Interesting.
1: But uh yeah. I'm remembering now that this was the secret track. I think you had to play the last real track for like three more minutes. Okay. It wouldn't end on the CD. Yeah. And then this right. popped there up. There you go. That was a thing that bands did.
0: Yeah, it was. There were a number of them.
1: I'm trying to remember some others, but I can't. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but I but it was a thing. Um, all right. So, what are we? Where where are we? We we got no, because we got to the bands and we got to the stuff that sort of somehow is now perennial in your life or things that yeah. last. What haven't we talked about that we were supposed to talk about? What, what what part of the of of green day and dookie and you did we miss out on
1: to me what it brings what what even relating to that album now i think the feeling i have about the record is sort of similar to the feeling i have about versions of myself that kind of embarrassment um coupled with you know Fondness and maybe nostalgia mm-hmm. but that feeling of like ah oh, man like that's not where you should have been and you know putting your energy and that kind of awkwardness of just wanting so much to fit in and not yet being able to just be the person that you are you know
0: but but you do know that it's similar to writing those lyrics. Like, it's a process. You can't just know who you are. You're trying on things that are appealing, and you have to figure... Like, there's there was something that was very appealing about Green Day for you at that time, right? I mean, like, it turned out that it wasn't exactly right. Like, there were things about it that weren't correct, but there was obviously something that was very appealing.
1: Yeah, I think... Or to to flip it into the more a more positive, or more uh, I think what I like about being a person in in control of, you know. Basically, with a certain degree of autonomy over themselves, and not and who's free from the the gaze of others or the judgment of others, is that like now I, I you know I really like that the song when I come around. It's a great track. I, I enjoy it. It doesn't define me, you know. Yeah, for sure. I actually find the song pretty. It's it's got a lot of hooks. Well, I, I, I have
0: uh, the bassist in the band is very good. I love his bass the drummer too they're good they're good they're a good band
1: I saw them live in 98 in 98 where did you see them in Berlin
0: so with your buddy
1: yeah with my two buddies
0: nice oh your bandmates yeah nice with Decay what am I talking about with Decay
1: That's right. We were waiting for that. We were waiting for them to come. Was it great? Yeah, it was great.
0: That's wonderful.
1: Yeah, it was was, was memorable. Did you buy a t-shirt? I don't think I... No, I did not. Oh, actually... I did. (laughs) <laughs> the Insomniac t-shirt Sure um,
0: Sam, thank you so much for coming to the Gateway
1: Thank you for having
0: me Sharing your story, it's a great story um, It didn't have to be a great story, but it was And, uh, I, uh i i'm grateful because i would never have listened to this al- i don't I never listened to this album ever you know without this show <laughs> and uh, and they're good they're good there's a reason why they are a huge band and well
1: thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about it yeah yeah it was fun
0: yeah have a great great time listening to uh green day in the future without feeling un- unproblematic about it <laughs> i will try <laughs> <laughs> excellent See ya. I hope
1: you enjoyed this
0: episode of Gateway Music that was hosted and edited and produced by yours truly, Howard Mitnick. You can learn more about Gateway Music or check out some older episodes on Facebook or Instagram at Gateway Music Podcast. Gateway Music is a proud member of the Upford Network. You can learn more about the other podcasts on the network at upfordnetwork.com. Thanks so much and I hope you keep enjoying the music I know I will
1: I'm Tom Zalatnai, executive producer of the Upford Network, and host and producer of Upford Discussion, a podcast about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. But wait, isn't Upford Discussion a comedy podcast? It sure was, but things change. It's a food show now, and it's a very, very good food show. Every week, I dig into a different ingredient, dish, meal, or cuisine, with help from friends and guest experts who know way more about this stuff than I do. Do you like food? Of course you do. You're a person, so you will like this show. Go listen to it, wherever you get your podcasts. Up for discussion. It's a food podcast now. Brought to you by the Upford Network.
0: I'm Tevra Jemian, the producer and host of the Yeah! Podcast, a young adult lit review podcast focusing on amplifying the diverse voices in YA literature. Join us as we dig into the world of young adult books, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what YA lit can teach us at any
1: age. Discover the world of YA Lit through exclusive author interviews, book reviews, genre smackdowns, and more. The Yeah! Podcast, available through the Upford
0: Network, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah!